Section 45. The Cooperative Experiment at Rallaheine. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Hirsch. The Outrages of the Whitefeet, Lady Clareboys, and Terry Alts, Laborers, far exceeded those of recent occurrence. Yet no remedy but force was attempted, except by one Irish landlord, Mr. John Scott Vendelure of Rallaheine, County Clare, late High Sheriff of his county. Early in 1831, his family had been obliged to take flight in charge of an armed police force, and his steward had been murdered by one of the laborers having been chosen by lot at a meeting held to decide who should perpetrate the deed. Mr. Vandeleur came to England to seek someone who would aid him in organizing the laborers into an agricultural and manufacturing association to be conducted on cooperative principles, and he was recommended to Mr. Craig, who, at great sacrifice of his position and prospects, consented to give his services no one but a man of rare zeal and courage would have attempted so apparently hopeless a task as that which mr craig undertook both the men whom he had to manage the terrialts who had murdered their master's steward and their surroundings were as little calculated to give confidence in the success of the scheme as they well could be the men spoke generally the Irish language, which Mr. Craig did not understand, and they looked upon him with suspicion, as one sent to worm out of them the secret of the murder recently committed. He was consequently treated with coldness, and worse than that. On one occasion the outline of his grave was cut out of the pasture near his dwelling, and he carried his life in his hand. After a time, however, he won the confidence of these men, rendered savage as they had been by ill-treatment. The farm was let by Mr. Vandeleur at a fixed rent, to be paid in fixed quantities of farm produce, which, at the prices ruling in 1830-31, would bring in £900, which included interest on buildings, machinery, and livestock provided by Mr. Vandeleur. The rent alone was £700. As the farm consisted of 618 acres, only 268 of which were under tillage, this rent was a very high one, a fact which was acknowledged by the landlord. All profits after payment of rent and interest belonged to the members, divisible at the end of the year if desired. They started a cooperative store to supply themselves with food and clothing, and the estate was managed by a committee of the members who paid every male and female member wages for their labor in labor notes, which were exchangeable at the store for goods or cash. Intoxicating drink or tobacco were prohibited. The committee each day allotted each man his duties. The members worked the land partly as kitchen garden and fruit orchards, and partly as dairy farm stall feeding being encouraged and root crops grown for the cattle pigs poultry etc were reared wages at the time were only eightpence per day for men and fivepence for women and the members were paid at these rates yet as they lived chiefly on potatoes and milk produced on the farm which as well as mutton and pork 
were sold to them at extremely low prices. They saved money, or rather notes. Their health and appearance quickly improved, so much so that with disease raging around them, there was no case of death or serious illness among them while the experiment lasted. The single men lived together in a large building and families in cottages. Assisted by Mrs. Craig, the secretary carried out the most enlightened system of education for the young, those old enough being alternately employed on the farm and in the school. Sanitary arrangements were in a high state of perfection, and physical and moral training were most carefully attended to. In respect of these and other social arrangements, Mr. Craig was a man much before his time, and he has since made himself a name in connection with their application in various parts of the country. The new system, as the Rallheim experiment was called, though at first regarded with suspicion and derision, quickly gained favor in the district, so that before long outsiders were extremely anxious to become members of the association. In January 1832, the community consisted of 50 adults and 17 children. The total number afterwards increased to 81. Everything was prosperous, and the members of the association were not only benefited themselves, but their improvement exercised a beneficent influence upon the people in their neighborhood. It was hoped that other landlords would imitate the excellent example of Mr. Vandeleur, especially as his experiment was one profitable to himself, as well as calculated to produce peace and contentment in disturbed Ireland. Just when these hopes were raised to their highest degree of expectancy, the happy community at Rallahine was broken up through the ruin and flight of Mr. Vandeleur, who had lost his property by gambling. Everything was sold off, and the labor notes saved by the members would have been worthless had not Mr. Craig, with noble self-sacrifice, redeemed them out of his own pocket. We have given but a very scanty description of the system pursued at Rallahine. The arrangements were in most respects admirable, and reflected the greatest credit upon Mr. Craig as an organizer and administrator. To his wisdom, energy, tact, and forbearance, the success of his experiment was in great measure due, and it is greatly to be regretted that he was not in a position to repeat the attempt under more favorable circumstances. History of a Cooperative Farm Carlyle on the Social Obligations of the Nation Forty-five years ago, inserted at the earnest request of a friend who was struck by the coincidence of some ideas similar to those of this volume, set forth so long ago, but as yet remaining unrealized and which I had never read. Extracts from Past and Present by Thomas Carlyle, 1843 a prime minister, even here in England, who shall dare believe the heavenly omens and address himself like a man and a hero to the great dumb struggling heart of England, and speak out for it, and act out for it, the God's justice it is writhing to get uttered and perishing for want of, yes, he too will see awaken round him a passionate, burning, 
all defiant loyalty the heart of england and such a support as no division list or parliamentary majority has ever yet known to yield a man here as there now as then he who can and dare trust the heavenly immensities all earthly localities are subject to him we will pray for such a man and first lord yes and far better we will strive and incessantly make ready each of us to be worthy to serve and second such a first lord we shall then be as good as sure of his arriving sure of many things let him arrive or not who can despair of governments that passes a soldier's guardhouse or meets a red-coated man in the streets that a body of men could be got together to kill other men when you bade them this a priori does it not seem one of the impossiblest things yet look behold it in the stolidest of do-nothing governments that impossibility is a thing done carlyle past and present page two twenty three strange interesting and yet most mournful to reflect on was this then of all the things mankind had some talent for the one thing important to learn well and bring to perfection this of successfully killing one another truly you have learned it well and carried the business to a high perfection it is incalculable what by arranging commanding and regimenting you can make of men these thousand straight-standing firm-set individuals who shoulder arms who march wheel advance retreat and are for your behoof a magazine charged with fiery death in the most perfect condition of potential activity few months ago till the persuasive sergeant came what were they multiform ragged lozels runaway apprentices starved weavers thievish valets an entirely broken population fast tending towards the treadmill but the persuasive sergeant came by tap of drum enlisted or formed lists of them took heartily to drilling them and he and you have made them this most potent effectual for all work whatsoever is wise planning firm combining and commanding among men let no man despair of governments who looks on these two sentries at the horse guards and our united service clubs i could conceive an emigration service a teaching service considerable varieties of united and separate services of the due thousands strong all effective as this fighting service is all doing their work like it which work much more than fighting is henceforth the necessity of these new ages we are got into much lies among us convulsively nigh desperately struggling to be born past and present page two twenty four it was well all this we know and yet it was not well forty soldiers i am told will disperse the largest spitalfields mob forty to ten thousand that is the proportion between drilled and undrilled much there is which cannot yet be organized in this world but somewhat also which can 
somewhat also which must when one thinks for example what books are become and becoming for us what operative lancashires are become what a fourth estate in innumerable virtualities not yet got to be actualities are become and becoming one sees organisms enough in the dim huge future and united services quite other than the redcoat one and much even in these years struggling to be born past and present page two twenty six an effective teaching service i do consider that there must be some education secretary captain general of teachers who will actually contrive to get us taught then again why should there not be an immigration service and secretary with adjuncts with funds forces idle navy ships and ever-increasing apparatus in fine and effective system of emigration so that at length before our twenty years of respite ended every honest willing workman who found england too straight and the organization of labor not yet sufficiently advanced might find likewise a bridge built to carry him into new western lands there to organize with more elbow-room some labor for himself there to be a real blessing raising new corn for us purchasing new webs and hatchets from us leaving us at least in peace instead of staying here to be physical force chartist unblessed and no blessing is it not scandalous to consider that a prime minister could raise within the year as i have seen it done a hundred twenty millions sterling to shoot the french and we are stopped short for want of the hundredth part of that to keep the english living the bodies of the english living and the souls of the english living these two services an education service and an emigration service these with others will have actually to be organized a free bridge for emigrants why we should then be on a par with america itself the most favored of all lands that have no government and we should have besides so many traditions and mementos of priceless things which america has cast away we could proceed deliberately to organize labor not doomed to perish unless we effected it within year and day every willing worker that proved superfluous finding a bridge ready for him this verily will have to be done the time is big with this our little isle is grown too narrow for us but the world is wide enough yet for another six thousand years England's sure markets will be among new colonies of Englishmen in all quarters of the globe. All men trade with all men when mutually convenient, and are even bound to do it by the maker of men. Our friends of China, who guiltily refused to trade in these circumstances, had we not to argue with them in cannon-shot at last, and convince them that they ought to trade? hostile tariffs will arise to shut us out and then again will fall to let us in but the sons of england speakers of the english language were it nothing more will in all times have the ineradicable predisposition to trade with england Mickley was the panionian rendezvous of all the tribes of ion for old greece 
why should not london long continue the all-saxon home rendezvous of all the children of the Harzrock, arriving in select samples from the antipodes and elsewhere by steam and otherwise to the season here what a future wide is the world if we have the heart and heroism for it which by heaven's blessing we shall keep not standing fixed and rooted briskly venture briskly roam head and hand wherever thou foot it and stout heart are still at home in what land the sun does visit brisk are we whate'er betide to give space for wandering is it that the world was made so wide fourteen hundred years ago it was a considerable emigration service never doubted by much enlistment discussion and apparatus that we ourselves arrived in this remarkable island and got into our present difficulties among others past and present pages two twenty eight through two thirty the main substance of this immense problem of organizing labor and first of all of managing the working classes will it is very clear have to be solved by those who stand practically in the middle of it by those who themselves work and preside over work of all that can be enacted by any parliament in regard to it the germs must already lie potentially extant in those two classes who are to obey such enactment a human chaos in which there is no light you vainly attempt to irradiate by light shed on it order never can arise there past and present pages two thirty one through two thirty two look around you your world hosts are all in mutiny in confusion destitution on the eve of fiery wreck and madness they will not march farther for you on the sixpence a day and supply and demand principle they will not nor ought they nor can they ye shall reduce them to order begin reducing them to order to just subordination noble loyalty in return for noble guidance their souls are driven nigh mad let yours be sane and ever saner not as a bewildered bewildering mob but as a firm regimented mass with real captains over them will these men march any more all human interests combined human endeavors and social growth in this world have at a certain stage of their development required organizing and work the grandest of human interests does not require it god knows the task will be hard but no noble task was ever easy this task will wear away your lives and the lives of your sons and grandsons but for what purpose if not for tasks like this were lives given to men ye shall cease to count your thousand-pound scalps the noble of you shall cease nay the very scalps as i say will not long be left if you count only these ye shall cease wholly to be barbarous vulturous cactaws and become noble european nineteenth-century men ye shall know that mammon in never such gigs and flunky respectabilities in not the alone god that of himself he is but a devil and even a brute god difficult yes it will be difficult 
the short-fiber cotton. That, too, was difficult. The waste-cotton shrub, long useless, disobedient as the thistle by the wayside. Have ye not conquered it, made it into beautiful bandana webs, white-woven shirts for men, bright-tinted air-garments wherein flit goddesses? Ye have shivered mountains asunder, made the hard iron pliant to you as soft putty. The forest giants, marsh jatoons, bare sheaves of golden grain. Egir, the sea demon himself, stretches his back for a sleek highway to you, and on fire horses and wind horses ye career. Ye are most strong. Thor, red bearded, with his blue sun eyes, with his cheery heart and strong thunder hammer, he and you have prevailed. Ye are most strong, ye sons of the icy north, of the far east, far marching from your rugged eastern wilderness, hitherward from the gray dawn of time. Ye are sons of the Jatun land, the land of difficulties conquered. Difficult? You must try this thing. Once try it with the understanding that it will and shall have to be done. Try it, as ye try the paltier thing, making of money. I will bet on you once more, against all Jatuns, tailor-gods, double-barreled lawwards, and denizens of chaos whatsoever. Past and present, pages 236 and 237. A question arises here. Whether in some ulterior, perhaps not far-distant stage of this chivalry of labor, your master-worker may not find it possible, and needful, to grant his workers permanent interest in his enterprise and theirs, so that it become in practical result what in essential fact and justice it ever is, a joint enterprise. All men, from the chief master down to the lowest overseer and operative, economically as well as loyally concerned for it? Which question I do not answer. The answer, near or else far, is perhaps yes. And yet one knows the difficulties. Despotism is essential in most enterprises. I am told they do not tolerate freedom of debate on board a seventy-four. Republican Senate and plebiscite would not answer well in cotton mills, and yet observe there, too, freedom. Not nomads or apes' freedom, but man's freedom. This is indispensable. We must have it, and will have it. To reconcile despotism with freedom, well, is that such a mystery? Do you not already know the way? It is to make your despotism just, rigorous as destiny, but just, too, as destiny and its laws, the laws of God. All men obey these and have no freedom at all but in obeying them. The way is already known, part of the way, and courage and some qualities are needed for walking on it. Past and present, pages 241, 242. Not a May game is this man's life, but a battle and a march, a warfare with principalities and powers. No idle promenade through fragrant orange groves and green flowery spaces, waited on by the coral muses and the rosy hours. It is a stern pilgrimage through burning sandy solitudes, through regions of thick-ribbed ice. 
he walks among men loves men with inexpressible soft pity as they cannot love him but his soul dwells in solitude in the uttermost parts of creation in green oases by the palm-tree wells he rests a space but anon he has to journey forward escorted by the terrors and the splendors the archdemons and archangels all heaven and all pandemonium are his escort the stars keen glancing from the immensities send tidings to him the graves silent with their dead from the eternities deep calls for him unto deep past and present page two forty nine end of section forty five recording by tom hirsch